Great song. Thank you, Steve. And if you'll turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want to share with you today on something that's been on my heart for a while now. When you go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, you got to know that you're reading the last words of the great apostle Paul. He knows he's about to go to heaven. And so he's writing his, his son in the faith. And I'm just going to read a very, very brief verse. There are three words in this verse that just jumped out at me and began to speak to me. And they're found in verse 21, 2 Timothy 4, verse 21. Paul says to Timothy, do your utmost to come before winter. Do your utmost to come before winter. Those three words, come before winter, are what really began to talk to me. And I want to share with you today about seizing opportunity while opportunity exists. Father, we just thank you for the word of the Lord and that you've got something to say to us today. I thank you that this is a congregation filled with opportunity and potential. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to be sensitive and aware of and cognizant of opportunity that you bring our way. Because this is the hour of opportunity. In Jesus' name, now will you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, speak to me. Amen and amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him this is your day. Hmm. I think one of the things that I've realized more than anything else in, in, in my Christian walk with God is that our God is a God of seasons and our, our God is a God of timing. God operates and functions with you and me in seasons. He moves in, in times and opportunities. The Bible says there is a time for every purpose under heaven. I believe that what I'm really focusing on today is the purposes that are under heaven. There are some opportunities that God brings that are under heaven. That is sent by heaven, guided by heaven, directed by heaven, under the eye of heaven. And we need to be a people who seizes the season, that seize the season. I want to seize my seasons. I want to move in the opportunities God has for me. Now, here in, in uh, 2 Timothy, as I've shared with you, Paul was imprisoned in Rome. He knew that he was soon going to be martyred. He knew it. He wrote to Timothy and said, the time of my departure is at hand. I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. My hour, Timothy, is about up. I've done the will of God. I have executed what he told me to. And now I'm about to go home to be with Jesus, and I'm looking forward to it. So he appeals to Timothy, and I hear pathos in those three words. I hear the emotion behind the great apostle's words. He says to his son in the faith, Timothy, come, see me before winter. Think about those three words, come 
before winter. I can almost picture Paul being a, a metaphor, a picture, an illustration of opportunity. And how many of you have ever had an opportunity that said, come before winter? Here's what he was saying. Winter is coming, Timothy, and you may not be able to see me ever again if you don't act now. Traveling is harder in the winter. It may be too late. Timothy, if you don't act now, you may set out for Rome and arrive in Rome and come looking for me and find out it's already happened and we will never again be able to talk. You'll never again be able to see me. I'm your father in the faith, Timothy. I want you to act now. I want you to come before winter. Come while you still have the opportunity to do it. You can do it now. Come while you can. Do it today because you may not be able to tomorrow. And that tells me something about the nature of opportunity. Opportunity doesn't wait around forever. Opportunity is timely. Opportunity has a shelf life. <clears throat> opportunity doesn't always stay. And I think Paul is just a per perfect picture of opportunity in our lives. Move while you can. Don't put opportunity off. Today's open door could easily be tomorrow's shut door. Jesus is the one who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. But when that door shuts, it's shut. I want you to learn, says Paul. I want you to jump now while you can. I want you to come now, Timothy. Opportunity missed is often an opportunity you can't ever get back. <clears throat> so we need to be aware, folks, that our God is a God who is always dropping opportunities our way. And if we would just be tuned into it, sensitive to it, discerning of it, we would see that God is a God of opportunity, and when we seize the opportunities, what I've learned is one opportunity leads to another that leads to another, which leads to another. And there can be a whole smorgasbord of opportunities behind just one that God says, I want you to grab the opportunity. Waiting to be interviewed for a job as a wireless operator, a group of applicants paid little attention to the sound of the dots and the dashes which began coming over the loudspeaker in the office where they were waiting to check on this job. And then suddenly one of the applicants jumped up and rushed into the employer's office. Soon he came out and he said, I got the job. They said, how'd you get the job? How'd you get in there and get the job? He said, you could have had the job if you had not been talking to each other and you'd been listening. Because over the speakers, the boss ran code code that we've all got to know for this job. And I started listening to what the boss was saying. And I listened to the code. And I realized the code said, the man I need must always be on the alert. The first one who interprets this and comes directly into my private office will be hired. So in he went. And he said, you're my man because you were listening for my voice. The lesson is clear. Hear me today, church. Too many Christians are not really tuned in. So they don't hear God's directives. And they miss God-given opportunities. They're always being sent our way. God is always talking. The problem is we're not necessarily always listening. But I've got my ear to the track. And I've got to tell you, I'm excited with what I hear God doing in our day. I think we are in a golden opportunity. I'm excited. I'm cranked about it. I am ready to see God move. I know that we're about to be, not because we're anything, but because we have seized an opportunity that has presented itself.
God was looking for people who were listening to his voice. And now we're going to go into a place where the harvest is going to be tremendous. Thousands of people are going to be saved. We're going to see the word of the Lord go forth. We're going to see miracles from his hand because we're going to seize the opportunity while it's here. Anybody with me today? Amen. I want you to understand that opportunity is a gift from God. Opportunity is when the right time to do something arrives. That's what opportunity is, when the right time to do something arrives. There may be adversaries, there may be resistance, there may be hindrances, but you know that something is the will of God. Paul wrote these words, there's a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. And he's saying, I don't care who opposes me. There is a wide open door for a great work. And so in the face of opposition, no matter what the enemy does, I am not going to be cowed by the devil. I'm not going to be hindered by flesh. There is an opportunity and I'm going to seize it. And he did. And a great church was built. You know that opportunity has arrived when circumstances join hands with desire to bring a purpose to pass. Now I'm going to say that again. You know that opportunity has arrived when circumstances out here join hands with the desire in here to bring a purpose to pass. When you see that, then you know you've got a God-given opportunity Paul said that we should seize every opportunity because the night comes when no man can work. Just yesterday, I'm sitting there watching the news. I had just finished getting ready for today. And I turn on the news, and here it is, four people, four men, captured once again in the nick of time, planning to bring down JFK Airport in a terrible explosion that would have run underground all the way into Queens, New York, they intended to do it. They would have done it had they not been stopped. And it occurred to me, we're in a battle. We're in a war. And God's eye is searching this world, looking for people whose hearts are turned towards him, who will shine in the dark, who will preach his word without compromise, who will go for lost souls, who will lift up Jesus without shame or embarrassment, who will stand in the gap and pray for a move of God. He's looking for them. And if you will say, here am I, Lord, send me. God is sending opportunities. It's a divine setup. We're being set up, set up by God, and he's going to give us a great door. And these words of Paul came to me, night comes when no man can work. In a moment, in a flash, we could be in such a battle that the opportunities we have now are gone tomorrow. And that's why I believe when you can do it, do it. Do it with all your might, with all your strength, with all your effort. Seize the opportunities of God. God is a God of opportunity. And as you know that Paul often expressed frustration that he had a desire to visit one of the churches, but the opportunity had not come yet. Now that's what I realized about opportunity. You can have a desire, but until you've got the opportunity to fulfill that desire, you're frustrated. That's why opportunity is so special, why it's so precious. Because when God brings opportunity, that means the circumstances are matching what he's put in your heart. And now suddenly what's been in here has the opportunity to be manifested and executed out here. 
And that's why I'm excited about where we are. It's in my heart to reach people. It's in your heart to reach people. I know this about you. It is in your heart to see Jesus Christ glorified in the earth. It is in your heart to see people saved. It is in your heart to seek him with all your heart. I know that. And don't you see that God is taking the desire we've got on the inside and he is moving circumstances on our behalf and he is setting us up in a divine setup with a golden opportunity. Can somebody say amen? He wrote to the church at Rome, listen to his words. One of the things, he says, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity. God willing to come at last to see you. For I long, hear his words, I long to see you. It's in my heart. I want to do it. I want to be with you. But the opportunity is not there. So I'm praying to the God of opportunity. I'm praying to the one who opens and no man shuts. I'm praying to the one who makes a way where there is no way. And I'm asking for the opportunity. At the end of the book of Romans, he says, I have so frequently been hindered from coming to visit you. As I read words like that from a man like Paul, I realize that it's such a wonderful, beautiful thing when what you've had in here has the opportunity to manifest itself. God opens a door. God opens a window. God makes a way in the wilderness, makes a way through the sea. He brings an opportunity. You say, well, pastor, how do I know an opportunity is from God? Well, I can tell you circumstances line up with his will. And there is a little nudge on the inside. There is a sense from the Spirit of God. Do it. This is from me. Do it. I believe more of you here today than not have heard the Holy Spirit saying to you, now's the time. Do it. I don't know what it is. But I'll tell you what, Nike stole just do it from the Word of God. <laughs> and that's why it was so successful. Because you know what God says? When the opportunity avails itself, just do it. Don't put it off, just do it. So the message of Scripture is we've got to learn to recognize God-given opportunities. That person in your life, God wants you to witness to them. The opportunity to build that business. The opportunity to step out in faith on that thing that God's been talking to you about. Opportunity won't always stay Opportunity is like the ice cream truck in the summertime. It passes by playing its music, but it doesn't stay. It moves on to someone who will take advantage of it and be the one that gets the dream sickle. <laughs> I can remember my day ended with the ice cream truck coming by when I was a kid. And that was back in the days when you could get a dream sickle for seven cents. Yeah, I'm that old. Seven cents. <laughs> but I've, I've seen this about opportunity. Opportunity is just like that ice cream truck. It's at your door for a season. It may be a moment, just a moment, where you've got an opportunity to make a decision. Or that opportunity may hang around a week or a month. Maybe a little bit longer, but I can tell you this. If it's an opportunity from God, it won't stay forever. The ice cream truck will go down the street and look for somebody who will take advantage of it. Opportunity is God's way of saying that the right time has come to do the right thing. 
That's God-given opportunity. That's how God works. He gives you an opportunity, and he says, now take it. Take it. Now I want to share some things with you briefly today about opportunity. First, there is a season for every opportunity. It comes in seasons. There is a time and a season for every purpose under heaven. And we have got to learn when God has come to us with an opportunity, is showing us an opportunity and saying, now I want you to seize it. Now is your opportunity to step to the plate. Now is your chance to get it done. Now is your chance. I'm with you. I'm upon you. I I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be dismayed. I want you to trust in God, and I want you to step forth and and do what I've put in your heart to do. You know you should do it because the Holy Ghost is nudging you on the inside. You've got a peace. You've got that go ahead. You've got that word that Peter had, step out of the boat. Get it done. Now think with me for a minute. What are you putting off? that you know God has dealt with you about. It can be in a marriage. It can be with your kids. It can be with your money. It can be with prayer. It can be with a million things. But what is it that the Spirit of God has consistently whispered to you about? And he's saying these words, come before winter. Move before winter. Act before winter. Do it before the opportunity passes you by. Do it. The Bible says, work while it is day, for night comes when no man can work. In the state of Ohio, there is a courthouse that stands in such a way, true story, a courthouse that stands in such a way that the raindrops that fall on the north side go into Lake Ontario, the Gulf of St. Lawrence, and into the Atlantic. This courthouse is so positioned that rain, when the rain falls, if it goes on the north side of the building... That water ends up in the Atlantic. While those that fall on the south side of the building go into Mississippi and into the Gulf of Mexico. On this side, they're in the Atlantic. This side, they're in the Gulf. One building splits the two, decides the two. Just a little puff of wind as that drop is falling determines the destiny of a raindrop for 2,000 miles. One decision, made early or late, falling on this side or that side of the building, can make the difference in your life for years and years to come. On this side, procrastination and you miss God. On this side, obedience and you end up flowing in the river of life. I don't know about you, but I want to fall on the side of the building, the side of decision that always places me in the flow of what God is doing. Life is short, and then you die, and then you go to heaven. We don't have time to mess around. The Bible says, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we can apply our heart to wisdom. We've got to know that our life is but a vapor that appears for a little time and passes away. And we're going to have just so many moments so many opportunities to do the will of God. And so I don't know about you, church, but I want to make decisions that put me on this side, that I, as one of God's drops of water, am dropped down into the flow of the Spirit of God, and we are seeing life and miracles and blessing and destiny fulfilled. Amen? Can you say with me, opportunity? Somebody said, we are all fugitives, and the things we didn't do yesterday 
are the bloodhounds. And every day they talk to you. Do it. Procrastination is not the only thief of time. It's the burial ground of opportunity. Putting it off, putting it off. Never put off tomorrow what you can do today. There may be a law against it by then. One night, true story, years ago, in Bristol, England, a popular evangelist preached to a large crowd of people on this one message, you must be born again. It was stirring, it was effective, he preached it under a great anointing. In the audience sat a young man by the name of Horatio Bottomley. He was brilliant, gifted, and listened with rapt attention to the preacher. At the close of the message, an invitation was given. Would you like to be born again? Would you like to give your heart to Christ? Would you come to him? Would you come to the cross? Though Horatio Bottomley was deeply moved, he said this to himself, this is not for me. I'll run my own life. Someday I will. Someday. Someday has carried more people into hell Someday has made more people miss the purpose of God than any single word. Someday, someday I'll go to that person. Someday I'll come to him. Someday I'll fully yield to him. Someday I'll submit to him. Someday, Horatio Bottomley said, and he did go on with his own life. And you know what? He became famous. He became famous as a criminal prosecutor. He made a fortune. He was known all over the world as the people's hero. He was the champion of the rights of the common man, exposing swindlers and prosecuting them. But when he was 63 years old, Bottomley himself was found guilty of a crime and sentenced to seven years in prison. As God would have it, one day a minister from the Salvation Army came to see him and shared with him how he'd gotten saved. He said, let me tell you how I got saved one day years ago. I was at a meeting in Bristol, England. And one night, this preacher preached a message on you must be born again. And when he preached that word, it seemed like he was talking right to me. And I went forward, and I gave my heart to Christ. He said, since that night, Jesus has been all in all to me. Bottomley was listening, realizing that he had been at that very meeting that very night. And he was looking at the way the raindrops fall. He didn't decide for Christ. He decided for his own will. And his life went miles, diametrically opposed to the direction this minister's went because that night he made a decision that placed him in the flow of the will of God. One decision, one moment, just saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey God can make the difference in your entire life. Are you living for God today? Is God talking to you today? Has God been knocking on the door of your heart about anything today? Just do it. Come before winter, Timothy. There's three things we all regularly deal with. Done, doing, should be doing. Isn't that true? Done, doing, should be doing. Now, if all these things were in a file cabinet marked, here's a file done, here's file doing, here's the file should be doing. And you and Jesus opened up the file marked should be doing, and he was standing right there with you, what would be in there? What would be in there? And if we kept leafing through the pages to the end of that file, here's what you would find. You'd hear a little note from God saying, do it now. Come before winter. 
The Bible says when it comes to opportunity, we're to make the best use of our time, despite all the evil of these days. Don't be vague, Paul wrote. Don't be vague, but grasp firmly. Grasp firmly. Get a firm grip on what you know to be the will of the Lord. People say to me all the time, Pastor Jeff, what do you do when you don't know what to do? I'll tell you what you do when you don't know what to do. You grasp firmly what you know is the will of God. And you hang on and do what is right. And God will lead you. Don't be vague. Don't walk around in a fog. You're children of light. You're children of the day. And we are in an incredible opportunity right now. And let me prophesy over you for a minute. You're in a church that is seizing opportunity. And that means there's going to be a trickle-down effect. You are going to start seizing opportunity in your life that God has brought your way. We're on a boat that is filled with blessing. This boat is going to float because it's not our boat. It's His boat. And we are going in the direction He's showing us to go. It's going to trickle down. It's going to trickle down. Maybe God has been prompting you to heal a relationship, has he? How about visiting a loved one? How about giving yourself to prayer? God's been talking to me about praying more. I can sit in my lazy boy and dream about it, or I can do it. To spend more time in his word, is he talking to you about that? How about making a decision about something you've been on the fence about? Is God talking to you about that? It's a quiet call. It's a gentle call. It's a nudge on the inside. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he says, do it. You know, I believe in the activity of the Holy Ghost in the lives of his children. Jesus said when he comes, he's going to guide you. He's going to guide you. He's going to counsel you. He's going to direct you. He is going to reveal to you the will of God. The Holy Ghost within you is a guider, a counselor. And he's going to say to you, this is the way for you. Walk ye in it. Seize this opportunity. One day a few years ago, I woke up, and the Holy Spirit said to me, you need to heal your relationship with your dad. And I said, that's true, I do, because for 25 years, we weren't really talking. He lived 15 minutes from me, and we weren't really talking. We'd see each other on Christmas, and uh, it was sort of like um, everything was groovy, everything's cool, don't, don't bring anything up, let's just get along at Christmas time, and then the rest of the time... We didn't have much to say to each other. He never called. We didn't have any kind of a relationship. The Holy Spirit said, come before winter. So I got my dad into a counselor's office. I'm being very transparent with you here today. It was very difficult. I wept a lot. And I told my dad, I I told my dad, I want you. I need you. I need you in my life, dad. He was shocked. He thought I didn't like him. He said, you got it. And we began to meet together about twice a month at La Madeline's over on Camp Bowie where he believed all good things happened. (laughs) And I had to agree with him. I love La Madeline's. I mean, I could talk about that food, but I want you listening to me. And we would meet and we would talk. And he began to ask me questions about myself and I began to ask him questions about him. And we got to know each other for about a year and a half. This is what happened. And me and my dad got healed. He came to one of our services at Will Rogers Auditorium, Easter. He sat way up at the top in the balcony, 3,000 people. And afterwards, he came down, and my dad was teared up. And he took me aside, and he said, Jeff, when you were born, the sun rose right when they said that your mother had had a boy. And I always felt that was predicted, that your life 
would be that way. It would be like a sun rising. And my heart, you know what that was? It was the Father's blessing on the Son. One day I walked in to La Madeline's for our normal lunch. I could tell something was on my dad's mind. We sat down. He wasn't eating his food. He said, I've got to tell you something. I said, okay. He said, I have been diagnosed with multiple myeloma. He said, Jeff, it's terminal. And I said, oh, no, no, no. They'll figure something out. I didn't know what it was. It's blood cancer. And unless God does a miracle, uh, it is terminal. And from that moment on, my dad began to decline. And I was there as he declined. God allowed me to lead him to Christ Jesus. He gave his heart to the Lord. He read his Bible that I gave him all the time. And as he was declining, one day I was sitting talking to my dad, and he was on a walker because this big bear of a man could no longer walk without it. And he looked at me, and he said, Jeff, do what you can while you can. Enjoy your life because when your time comes, it comes. And I'll never forget it. He died, and he went to be with the Lord. But you know what I'm so glad of today? That when I heard the word, my dad calling to me without knowing it, come before winter. Talk to me while you can. Let's get together while we can. Let's get healed while we still can. Let, let, let's, let's chat. Let's get to know one another while we can, while our strength is here, while the ability is present. Let's get to know each other. Is anybody hearing me today? The Holy Ghost calls people. Businessman friend, you're caught up in activity and deal-making and making money and achieving so that perhaps you don't hear your family saying, come before winter. Christian friend, you've gotten so caught up in life's worries that you're not hearing Jesus say, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Friends, I'm challenging you today to listen to that still small voice calling you to take care of certain something before winter comes. Now, I want to balance this out with something very positive. Because I know when people like you and me hear messages like this, we're, we're all we're thinking about is all the opportunities we've missed. How many of you can say, I've missed an opportunity? Come on, I've missed an opportunity. I know it was a good one and I let it go right on by. Then I've got a word that I want to close this message out with. God says, don't live in the graveyard of regret over missed opportunity. And here's the word of the Lord from the book of Isaiah. Don't constantly call to mind the former things. Neither hash over the things of old. You know why? You can't do anything about yesterday. The past is called the past because it's past. Can you say with me? It's past. That's why you can't do anything about it. There is no time machine to get into and go back to that day and go back to that hour where you made that decision and do it right this time. It is forever gone in the past. But the Bible says our God is a God of new opportunity. Our God is a God who says, let's go, stand up, wipe off the dust off your feet, Breathe in a fresh breath. It's time to shine again. I am not checkmated by you losing one opportunity or several. Behold, says God, I will do a new thing.
now. Can everybody say with me now? He says now. And the Hebrew, the Hebrew rendering there is look around you right now and you will see the green sprouts of the new thing I'm doing beginning to come up all around you. That's why I wrote a book called The Windshield is Bigger Than the Rearview Mirror. If you went out of here today and drove your car based on your rearview mirror, we'd be coming and getting you with a wrecker within 60 seconds because we're not meant to drive backwards. We're meant to drive forward. God wired you to look through the windshield of faith, the windshield of purpose, the windshield of destiny, the windshield of hope. Because the windshield is bigger. His future is bigger. His promise is bigger. God is bigger than your past. So God says, don't keep rehashing. Don't try to unscramble scrambled eggs. Don't cry over spilled milk. It's gone, but I'm bringing you a new day. A new day. Isaiah wrote those words to Judah who had missed the opportunity at the preaching of Jeremiah to repent and be spared the judgment of God. And they didn't do it. And so the Bible says that Jeremiah, you read the book of Lamentations, he's watching the people be taken by him in chains, emaciated, weeping and crying because they missed their opportunity for God to restore them. But Jeremiah said at that very hour when they had not even yet arrived to Babylon, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Even going off into chastening, God said it's not over. I'm not finished with you. You're coming back. You're going to stand up again. You're going to shine again. You're going to worship again. You're going to fellowship again. It's not over. I have given you another chance. I want to preach out of you the quits. Don't quit because failure is not final unless you quit. No, we walk with a God of restoration. He restores. He is greater than he that is in the world. He is greater than your failures. He is greater than your mistakes. He is greater than the missing of opportunity. He says, I'm going to give you a new one. Shall you not know it? Now it shall spring forth. I'm going to make a road in the wilderness. I'm going to carry you through the deep waters. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched. When you walk through the water, you will not be drowned. I'm going to get you out. Is anybody with me today? I got to tell you, I want to preach this today. Because I know that old devil, he's a liar. He'll tell you, well, hang up your duds, stay home, don't go to church anymore, and don't pray. You've messed up. Shut that Bible and quit being a hypocrite. Why should I go to church where all those, where, where all those hypocrites are? We got room for one more. Our God is a God of another chance. He's a God of restoration. David got back up. Moses got back up. Peter got back up. You'll get back up. 
The good news is he's bringing a new opportunity and new hopes and new dreams. And this time we've learned when the opportunity is there, you grab it. And you ride that opportunity for all that it's worth. Can we stand together? I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If God be for you, who in the world can be against you? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not death or life or angels or devils or any other thing. Can you say with me, I'm going to make it? Through him. It's a new day. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Can we? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray for every precious Christian, every person in this sanctuary. I believe that you have dropped opportunities in front of everyone in this place. Lord, help us to discern them like the man who heard the code coming from the speaker. Help us to discern them and take advantage of them. I want you to know as your head is bowed, as you seize the opportunity, the anointing of God's going to be on you. As you seize the opportunity, His favor is going to go with you. As you seize the opportunity, that's when you're going to see the water part. You've got to take the first step. But when you do, that's when God begins to undertake on your behalf. Father, I pray for every marriage, every financial situation, every single, everyone that is up against a vicious temptation. I pray, Lord, that every satanic assignment against anyone in this room is canceled. And I rebuke discouragement, and I rebuke depression, and I rebuke those lies. Hear God today. I pray the clouds will clear, Lord, and the sun of grace will shine in their hearts and their minds again. Thank you for victory coming to everyone. In Jesus' name. Now, Steve's going to play a moment, and I want you to pray and say, Lord, what is the opportunity you put in front of me? Tell me, and I will do it. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit for a moment here today.